and welcome to episode 402 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Viper, Dan Butcher. Hello. And the Twisted Brain, and one of the tribute press that is behind so many uh, living nightmares and wonderful comic books. It's Tony Esmond. Hello, how are you? <laughs> we are well, Good. and we hope you lovely people are home are well as well uh tony is um i'm waiting for the jet lag to come in because he's he's been on a <laughs> he's been on his jollies again um, i'm back i'm back uh, he, he's back and he's ready to talk comics i've got a burnt nose i was just showing you it and yeah. i was raging at spanish waiters yeah yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> that's all faulty style yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there just one part of your nose that you didn't cover in sun cream i don't use sun cream mate i'm a geezer aren't i you're crack a fool the old, crack at the old mazola <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I'm Christ! Like sexy, sexy Ray Winston, Ray yeah. Winston, mate. That's what I'm about. Bloody yeah, hell! If I if I don't put my sun cream on and uh, during the British summers, which are getting hotter, if I go out, it's like the beginning scene of Daybreakers. You ever seen that film Daybreakers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that film. It's That's a good film. Fucking fantastic film. I watched it. I started a room where you burnt your cock though once, didn't I? In the park. What? What? You, that was where you started the rumor in the park. No, I started about you doing it in the park. Yeah, but no yeah. no one should ever believe any word you say. That's true. That's why it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's also all right. In fact, <laughs> it's encouraged. If you check oh, no, out our lovely sponsors. Yes. Yes. I'm, rec- I'm recommending a book from there later. Oh, hey, so. nice. Yeah. See, it's a service that not only sponsor us, and uh, we truly appreciate their support, but we actually use their service as well. That's amazing. Mm. Um, they are an indie comic marketplace that, like you people at home, you love indie comics as much as we do. There's a huge selection of titles on their database. Um, you can list your book on there as well. It's another avenue to get your work out into the world, especially if you get involved on the Comic House digital app. There's a subscription service. It's basically like Netflix for comics. It's only a couple. It's like three pounds a month, which is less than a than an average title of an indie book. And it, if you, don't wonder where you're going with that don't get me started uh, i'm not going to do that rant <laughs> so soon um but if you if you get involved then you will have access to an enormous and ever-growing library of digital indie comics and small press comics from around i bought the a world. comic this week that is literally the size of a fucking stamp and it was more expensive than a month on comic house exactly yeah so i mean we well ask in a minute what that comic was like um but comic house there is all kinds of books also bio action horror comedy slice of life there's all kinds of things including work by us and guests past present and no doubt future so to find out more about and find out about a 14 day free trial go to comichouse.com and thank you to them as always pete and the gang for here's pete sponsoring, well sponsoring done. the show um, yes, we're not going to mess about this week. We'll do all the messing about in the second half. Um, although, got a guest. T- although I will uh, spoilers to that spot. What we just mentioned in that sponsorship ad, Tony. What was that comic like? Mm, no. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> value, value for money. Value for money. <laughs> yeah. That's what comics. I don't get paid you. for these reviews. I do them no. for fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what is fun? Is what you're about to listen to now, because um, we hope it's going to record. We, yeah. We've uh, don't <laughs> bloody fucking spoil <laughs> the end. Look, every time that winds him up. Every, every time. Well, most of the time we've already done the interview. Yeah. So um, 
We'll find out in a minute Tony whether out. I need to edit edit Tony out in a second. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You actually, don't do editing. You I, said that on the 400. I, I, actually, do you know what? <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just change my tune for the next uh, 100 episodes. Yes, road to 500. <laughs> yeah. I think the class factor. <laughs> yes, but we... we... Got to start at some point, I guess. <laughs> Look, Dan, I know you, you're you trying to give me loads of work every week anyway. Uh, I, what, I dropped a C-bomb in an episode and I didn't mean to. Oh, we was did, didn't we? When, we did yeah. it, when Vince was ill, we did one. Do you remember? Yeah. We noticed it and we didn't tell him. That was yeah. uh, that was bad. I tried not to. Bad, bad form. It was making bad me laugh form. that we hadn't told you, but you spotted it. Yeah. Sorry, V. <laughs> this is what I have to put on the daily basis. But thankfully... <laughs> but enough of that. We, Road we, to 500. We love we each go. other and we're here to talk about comics. So yeah. check out this awesome interview with Ross Radke. <laughs> Okay, this week we're joined by a writer and artist who whose work includes such titles as the action crime comic Milegro, the Kaiju anthology series Stomped, and also pod favourite Spandex. Mm. It's our pleasure to welcome <laughs> Ross Radke to the show. Hello, Ross. Hi. Hey, hey man. <laughs> it's um, uh, it, I was telling you. He just to, says hey, he was just chatting to us for ages. Just chatting to us for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. As soon as yeah. the green light goes on in the studio, people yeah. Panic. No, um, and I'm just I I I got your name right, Ross. I'm quite pleased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yes, thank you for joining us. Like, like like I say, Spandex has been Dan's mentioned it several. Times. Dan got me hooked on it as well. Um, and it's a gem. Like the character designs in it are so kind of uh, yeah. mixed and eclectic. They're great. Yeah. Love it. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And the character arcs, etc. We'll get into a little bit of that, and also what your experience with webtoons, which is an area uh-huh. of comics we haven't really touched on it we've bit, mentioned but... it occasionally yeah, guests yeah. mentioned it occasionally but mm. we've not really sort of drilled into it yet have we yeah. No. yeah um but before we get on to all of your works of which there are many um what is your sort of origin story or you know how did you come to you, you studied stomp? film didn't you originally is that right yeah oh. yeah i actually yeah. have a uh, bachelor of arts in, in filmmaking um i've been drawing you know monsters and superheroes since i could hold a crayon in my hand um and and it was always to to tell stories. Um, my impulse to draw was never about the image itself. It was always some idea I had that I was trying to to get down on paper. Um, and so, yeah, as I as I got into high school, you know, I got into music, I got into film, and um, so I kind of that that storytelling impulse and the ability to combine different interests um, is what led me to to actually get a degree in filmmaking um by the time i graduated i, I kind of realized that i didn't want to you know carry around lighting and lights and stuff down <laughs> in hollywood yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really want to do that grind um so it took me a few years but eventually i kind of circled back around to kind of my original uh, passion for for drawing and, and for comics i kind of rediscovered the comic book industry i'd i'd been a you know a a fan as a kid, Ninja Turtles and um, uh, Marvel. And uh, the first, I think 2015 was the first year I went to Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle and really had my horizons expand and realize how much more the, the medium of comics um, was mm. than just, just Marvel DC. Mm. Cool. I think when you first encounter someone else, like a small press and indie creator doing stuff, you think oh, it certainly happened to me. I was like, oh, what the hell? I can do this myself. Mm. And mm-hmm. yeah. did he have yeah. like in a moment like that, Ross? 
Yeah, so um, I, I brought a portfolio of pages that first year and, and kind of was showing my work to, you know, writers, editors, artists, and, and I got a lot of really encouraging feedback and it didn't really feel like people were, smoke, you know, blowing smoke up my ass. It, it felt like genuine, hey, you know, you work on good. these things and uh, and you'll, you know, you're, you're almost there. I, I got a lot of people complimenting me on my storytelling and they go, look, there's a lot of people who can draw an amazing pinup. We see so many portfolios with, with great splash pages, but um, it's very rare that we see someone, you know, showing their portfolio for the first time who actually knows how to tell a story and compose a page. Um, so, I mean, that was the type of thing I was hearing that first year and it really, really um, kind of lit a fire for me to, to kind of keep pursuing that. That's did so you go for uh, did you go for reviews with professionals type thing? Did you? Is anyone you? you oh yeah. Um, to? Um, yeah. I, I kind of kind of tried to you know I tried to meet some of my art heroes and then also kind of um, talk to kind of a, a diverse selection of people. I had one a really grueling one with Neil Adams, and I'm glad I, <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, uh, he real, real, he's me, well known for that though, isn't he? Or was yeah. well known for that? Yeah. Yeah. He, he said you'd be better if you were just tracing um and, and he wasn't he wasn't entirely wrong i mean at that time i was uh afraid to use photo reference and you know okay. now it's an important tool in my toolkit so um yeah and then like uh cb sabolski at marvel he was very encouraging um you know some some of the artists i really love uh james heron and um a few others like that you know I, I, they, they, they were that not only encouraging but actually helpful. They could help me break down um, and, and kind of show me where I could improve. Uh, Benjamin Dewey is another great artist who gave yeah. me some really valuable feedback that first year. It's it's also um, I think it's great that you mentioned that about like the comic convention, and I think this is something that not enough like especially conventions themselves don't necessarily promote it as such. It really is an eye opener. I mean, how many times? Have we heard a story similar to um, yours, Ross? That like so many artists we've spoke spoken to, are sort of like I went to a comic convention and wow, I could do you know this is yeah. there's mm. more than just Marvel and DC, but also yeah. that yeah. these creators will will help you. You know yeah, they don't God, yeah. they don't do it yeah. for money. They sit next to you and they you know they're actively trying to recruit the next generation a lot of the time. I think you know yeah, I'd say you know by and large uh, the comics industry is is very welcoming. Com mm. You know compared to you know, I've never worked in, in gaming or, or, you know, some of those other illustration fields, but it, it seems like you have, you know, you have some people who are jerks or whatever, but for the most yeah. part, people mm -hmm. kind of want to uh, um, be helpful. Yeah. I think yeah, so. I've always found it kind of really welcoming and kind of people willing to help you out to give you free advice. And mm. yeah, it, it's really great. And especially like, yeah. it's, it's like sort of music or food, um, comics and genres of comics is a real bonding experience you know you like mm. that you, you'll go to convention and and you think oh, i only really like horror comics but all i ever see is marvel and dc and you'll see a table where it's just a horror publisher mm. and you go up there yeah. and you think that's my people you know but the thing is with neil adams he, he's famous for people would go to the continuity studios place you know and they would show him their portfolio you know four times a year and like on the eighth time he'd go right i'm ready you're ready now and he'd pick the phone up to an editor you know, yeah. he's famous for doing that. You know, there's a lot That's of great. Frank Miller, for example, he did it too. You know, there's a lot of people who aren't in it wouldn't be in the industry if it wasn't for that dude. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I love all that to keep coming back and sort of like, I'm trying to improve, I'm trying to get better. And yeah. 
Yeah, take on board what he says, go away, come back, you know. And and you clearly, like, have, I mean, from that experience, you've grown and expanded your tools. So where did you go, you know, what was the the journey like from then to the comics, you know, to where you are now? Yeah, so I, uh, I mean, I mentioned earlier, but I I was working at Walmart, and I was was a salaried manager. The last two years I was there, 2008. 18 and 19, I was working over 80 hours a week, if you include my hour commute to and from the store I was working right. at. Um, so I really had no no time to to draw, at least not at the at the level and the, um, you know, pages it would require for me to be able to finish anything. So mm-hmm. that's when I started thinking about collaborating and, and had the idea to, to try to put together an anthology. Um, so that that's where Stomped, the Kaiju anthology came from, was just just me realizing I'm never going to be able to, to finish anything while I'm working this job. Um, so maybe, yeah. maybe I could break it down and, and come up with these. Um, originally the idea I wrote eight 12 page stories. Actually, I think they were shorter. They, they expanded to 12 pages um, set in a shared, shared world. Um, that was supposed to be kind of, kind of like a table table setting or, almost like a um, prelude to another idea I had for a graphic novel that I knew I was n- nowhere near close to being able to tackle and finish. Hmm. So, you know, I just, I just cast a wide net and started just reaching out to just random artists that I, whose work I liked online. Um, and then, and, you know, a couple of them would say, Hey, you know, if you're looking for more artists, I've got this buddy who, and this is the type of thing that they would love. And so kind of, uh snowballed from there um so i did my i I lost my job at walmart which is the best thing in the world um that could have happened to me uh at right right at the end of 2019 and then um and then the pandemic hit so uh yeah i suddenly had way more time to to focus my energy on on comics and had already had already got the ball kind of rolling on that first issue was stomped and it kind of just grew from there so for what for those who don't know, um, and Stomped, as soon as I read, I mean, you, you're dancing. Uh, I'm dancing to your music because Stomped immediately it was just was just a that cover's idea. great, man. As well, that, yeah, um, it's a real standout that one. Yeah, really enjoyed that cover. Yeah, yeah, um, really. We talk a lot about the the worth of covers, you know, and that really stood out. <clears> yeah, an eye catcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah but just tell us what is Stomped. So, the originally. Emerald City Comic Con every year does a um, an art book called I think it's called Monsters and Dames, mm-hmm. um, and so all the different artists will contribute to it. And so I thought it would be fun to include in my portfolio. I never submitted it to the art book, but just a pinup with that theme. So I had drawn a picture of a young woman who's got like, you know, pink hair covered in tattoos, and she's kind of like cracking her neck. And in the background is the Space Needle with a big kaiju impaled on top of it. And it was supposed to be just a one-off drawing, um, but I, I just I really liked that image, and, and I you know I couldn't help but have the wheels start turning of what what, what was the story there. So I had this idea for a young woman named Kim Corrigan, who is um, you know the only the only person with superpowers in in the world of Stomp, and and the the way I treat the kaiju is sort of like people view them as like natural disasters. So they give them cute nicknames. They have, uh, you know, different, I was, I was really interested in like, how would our world react 
if this just kind of became a regular event, you know, every year you have a few of these kaiju appearing and, and attacking cities or, you know, tromping through the forest and, mm. um, yeah. And, and so that was the idea is, of the anthology was to kind of just, just explore and kind of set up, set up the world of stomped and, um, kind of each story was meant to be my take on a different sub genre of monster monster comic or, or story where you know one of them is kind of inspired by john carpenter's the thing one of them is more classic tokusatsu like you know has a power rangers vibe um some of them are more slice of life kind of stuff or or dark comedy so mm. and it does it really does i mean i like the idea of that because we've spoke, spoken about anthologies um many times on this show what, what they I come and go this, a bit don't they yeah yeah, yeah. Fashion. But what I like about this is is an anthology that is just exploring this world as well. Like you've got the setting, like you say, you've got twelve different stories where you can you can describe and also weave in another narrative going through it, um, and in, introduce characters who are. I mean, in the first one, like Blind Date, that's obviously that's the uh, that's the Kim character, isn't it? In in Blind Date, yeah. I, I believe. Um, and immediately, like after the first story of the first issue, which is. Uh, without spoiling it, you know, there's um, there's scientists and there's giant ape monsters. Trust me, you've got to, you've got to see it to believe it. Um, and Blind Date takes another sort of different path. And then going into it com- completely blind, that that reveal of the, the Kim character being extra special was like, what? What is this? Where is this going? And, and just what that character was just gave rise yeah, to that- this is a bigger universe, if that makes sense mm. as well. And and originally, like I didn't, I had no idea. It was the first Kickstarter I'd ever done. I was still kind of building a following online, and mm. um, I kind of um, under undervalued my own creation in the sense that I didn't realize people would get so attached to the the character in that first issue, and and like immediately want to know more about that story. Because uh, originally the stories were going to be, you know, set in the same world, but not really directly connected. And and as uh, as the anthology kind of evolved, I, I, I was looking for more ways to kind of drop little hints of how things might be tied together, um, and kind of and kind of tease tease that a little bit more of of where the narrative could go and 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 why we were seeing these incidents or these characters so that i mean that was something that kind of came came about just pacing out the the issues of the anthology instead of trying to do it all as like one one collected you know edition breaking it down into four different issues allowed me to kind of respond Mm. to reader feedback oh so you adapted to what kind of the feedback you got from uh backers and readers Mm -hmm. yeah okay interesting so what kind of changes would you make based upon feedback you'd get? Like, would you do like a Kickstarter, a survey for a Kickstarter and then say, what do you like or don't? Um, no, it was more just people reaching out to me, you know, okay. on, on, on social media or whatever, just telling me their, you know, stuff that they enjoyed or, or stuff that they were curious about. And also the different artists that I worked with kind of seeing where their strengths and interests lied. So a lot of times the original, eight scripts that I had written, I would completely rewrite them once I had an artist attached. Right. And, and that would kind of present me with, um, Oh, this artist 
does a really good job with like tech, you know, robots and things. Yeah. So let's let's see if I can put some of that in there. Or um, gotcha. you know, they're really good at um, uh, action, you know. Yeah. And and so yeah, I try to write to their strengths. And originally, I wanted a different artist on every single story, um, but that ended up being a little cost cost uh, restrictive in yeah. terms of what I was actually getting back on the Kickstarter. So I, I ended up drawing more stories myself, having some of my collaborators come back and, and do a couple stories. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how it developed, but it definitely, I, I gave myself room to be flexible and mm. I think that paid off. Yeah, I guess because if you're paying like a, a, a whole series of artists to do uh, certain bits of the comic, uh yeah, depending on how much I, you get back you might not make much back off the kickstarter if anything I, I mean i don't mind sharing like i've i've you can go on the kickstarter and see how much i raise each issue i have pretty much broken even exactly um okay. and that's that's paying my collaborators what i consider a very generous page rate for mm. for how small of a of a print run this was um and and so i haven't i haven't actually really made any money so far, um, part of the reason between issues two and three of Stomped, I took a year to draw uh, Milagro, which was a graphic novel that I did with Matt Strachbein and um, Guillermo del Toro, or Guillermo Zagara, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, he dropped. Put that in the show notes. <laughs> that was, you know, that was a buddy of mine who reached out to me Um and and he he was offering me a page rate, so I was like, yeah, it'd be good to spend some time like yeah. tackling a longer story, but the pressure of writing it is off, and, um, and the pressure of running the Kickstarter, like he took care of all that. So it was it was good for me to kind of shift gears. And um, it's nice to you know, just be creative for a while, isn't it? As well, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't have to worry with like oh, how am I, how how am I going to get these envelopes out? You know, this sort of nonsense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, man. Yeah, completely. Are you, are you were you were a bit of a, a kaiju fan? Were you into this sort of old school Godzilla, King Ghidorah, all that sort of thing? Were you or? honest? Honestly, not until I started Stomp. So I mean, I right. grew up with with Power Rangers and you know, you know, movies like um, Jurassic Park and Men in Black mm. that were kind of you know kaiju adjacent. They have they have yeah. monsters. Yeah. Um, and. I go for that. I thought you were going to say the Matthew Broderick Godzilla for a second. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I, I'm the type of person where if I'm going to tackle a certain genre, when I know there's like really diehard genre fans, yeah. I want to do my homework. You can't um, half-ass that, can you? Yeah, people are yeah. calling it when they. Yeah. So, so I mean, luckily, um, uh, HBO Max has like all of the Sh- uh, Showa era Godzilla films available. Yeah. And then, so I binge watched all of those. Um, I, I caught up on all the um, Heisei era Godzilla and and kind of the modern uh, era Godzilla through through you know other means. And and then the entire um, Gamera series yeah. dropped on Amazon Prime right after I finished all the Godzilla films. So I yeah I, I binge watched like I think there's over 30 Godzilla films now, and then yeah. um, maybe like 15 or so God, you must films. be dreaming about... You must have had some <laughs> weird dreams. I, I, I mean, I, I took a deep dive into that, and I you know, I tried to watch as many obscure stuff as I could mm. as well. 
Um, so I, and you know, started listening to kaiju podcasts and things. Like I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to know a lifelong diehard fan, like what is what is going to be their, um, you know, expectations, and and how can yeah. I you know, um, give them what they want, but also subvert those expectations a bit. And I was like, yeah. there's no way of doing that without really doing my homework. I guess you might have checked out Kaiju Max. Yeah. I mean, tonally, it's totally, it's very different from yours, Completely. but it's fun. Yeah. 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 It's like two different kind of styles about the same kind of yeah, I need subject to, matter. Anyway. I need to go back and, and, and read that whole series. I, I think I read the first two volumes. Yeah, but, yeah. same There's here. It's a nice it's hardback. Just, to it's it, just come to an end, hasn't it? It's just, just right. I think recently, so. I think, yeah. Um, but also, I guess, it struck at the right kind of time because over the past 15 years, the word kaiju has become second nature, for like, especially yeah. for Western audiences. Only proper um, nerds knew it before then. Yeah, yeah. 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 See, I, I do like the fact that you do have a translation of that, what it actually means. It just means strange beast. Yeah, because it doesn't mean massive monster, does it? That's no, what people make no. a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, I, I made that mistake. I, I thought it meant massive monster. Yeah. Um, Daikaiju is 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 giant strange beast. Um, so so yeah, the kind of the old school nerds will refer to Godzilla and Gamera films as as Daikaiju films. Right. Um, whereas uh. kaiju is a little bit more all encompassing, and so I, I use that specifically because you know not all the monsters in Stomped are. Skyscraper sized, you no, know, there's yeah, a few, yeah. there's some variety. Um, oh, there's some weird things living in some monsters that pop out and like, oh, oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you know, after Pacific Rim came out, kaiju, I feel like, kind of got became common, like, became more common usage. Um, yeah, I've, I've compared it in the past to like, like, um, Night of the Living Dead. The, the word zombies meaning changed it no longer yeah. had its yes. strict kind of yeah. voodoo origins yeah you know it, it became something that was a little bit more um separated from its original cultural context yeah and so the, the general public um yes it yeah. could be like oh i know what that is yeah, um, yeah. I think I think he, they call it out in is it the new Suicide Squad movie where the dude in the lab goes, "There's a kaiju in the house, motherfucking mm-hmm. house," or something, and that is calling out the the way that that phrase gets thrown around. I think I think they're actually taking the piss with that line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, because he's kind yeah, of I a mean, nerd, isn't he? You know, I've definitely talked to people who are kind of protective of of that term and and would only use it to describe um, media coming out of Japan. So okay. I, don't, I don't take yeah, that stance, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I respect that there are people who do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see. It's kind of the same as when, like, kind of uh, Marvel or DC put out, like, a manga version. It's that it's not, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing I do love about, I mean, I mean, we'll move on to, because I think we definitely need to talk about Milagro as well, because we love that book as well. Yes. Um, but with Stomped, I mean, part of the joy about giant monsters and kaiju and stuff is the designs and the work that goes into mm. it. And I love that your book has like back matter and sketches mm-hmm. and there's different kind of monsters. Like you say, you were always drawing monsters since you were a kid. Um, but how much fun was that? like collaborating and designing monsters for this series. Yeah, and how did it work that, as well? Yeah. 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 So I got I will say like I'm a huge fan of Hellboy and the BPRD and I always mm-hmm. love that their traits, you know, have quite a quite a um quite a large amount of like sketchbook pages and back matter. 
Um, so I, you know, that was definitely something I always wanted to include because I'm kind of a process junkie and I like to see how, how, you know, how things yeah. get put together. Um, so I, I want to, you know, huge, huge shout out to Andre Diaz who, who's, um, lives in Spain and he, he was the first artist who, um, drew one of the stories in the first issue. He took a huge risk because at that point I had no real published work. I'd never run a Kickstarter. I said, you know, I would like to offer you a page rate, but I can't really guarantee that until I see how the Kickstarter does. And, you know, I've had a few false starts with people reaching out to me um, to to draw their comics. And and this was the first time that I had said, you know, I'm going to be a writer and I'm going to hire another artist. And he he kind of took that leap of faith with me. And the first, I, I believe the first thing he sent me was a drawing of the mantis kaiju and as soon as i saw that i'm like oh this is gonna work like this is this is absolutely gonna work it's like he had reached into my brain and and pulled out um kind of better than i than i would have imagined um because i think in the script i i I described as being vaguely mantis like and i i sent him some thumbnails and i think i include them in the back of that first issue where it's just kind of has the triangular shaped head mm. and he just he just took it and ran with it and the same thing with the ape kaiju hybrids um his his creature designs along with mine for that first issue kind of set the tone for um the diversity but also some some stylistic things that are consistent within the kaiju and and stomped so it's almost like gives it its own vibe doesn't it it's got its own particular personality you're coming now isn't it because you've got that very individual yeah. design work going on yeah yeah one thing i've told everyone is like i don't i don't want it to have the um guys in rubber suits look you know as yeah. uh, you know if we can get more um insect like bodies and, and reptiles and, and you know the, the stranger the better but something that um you know kind of kind of drawing from nature as much as possible yeah. like the weirdest animals in nature incorporate that into the designs so i didn't want it to feel um but that's interesting you say that because I know you mentioned yeah. to, you mentioned in on so, your social media recently, Ross, that you don't want to put humans on the covers, which is okay. You, you also make it clear that humans are involved in the stories, as we know, because we've read them. Yes, but you yeah. only put the monsters on the covers. Is there a? I mean, you can also play that against a lot of the the early Godzilla movies because they mostly are about humans, aren't they? But and Godzilla will turn yeah. up for fifteen minutes. You know, was that why, kinda... why did you go that? Why did you go around that line? I mean, it's kind of the uh, it's a little bit of a bait and switch, honestly, because the stories, a lot of them really do focus on on human beings trying to react to the situation. But yeah. to me, like the monsters are the selling point. And yeah. also the idea that this is um, this anthology is sort of a, a brief history of these kaiju attacks prior to the the original narrative that I wanted to start, I kind of, I kind of wanted to just like, let, let the monsters be the stars for this one. Yes. And then, and then people by the end of reading all four issues will realize, Oh, I actually want to know more about these characters. Yeah. Okay. But you don't skimp on the monster action as well though. Cause it's like, no, yeah, like good, I remember yeah. when they did the, the new Godzilla, you know, the one with Brian Cranston and you see all the trailers, you yeah. see the posters and you think that was a big yes. complaint about it. Wasn't it? You were just yeah. like, this yeah. is Godzilla. And like, because he's literally, and, I mean, fair enough. He only turns up at the end, but the story leading up to it was just really boring. 
Do you know what I mean? They, they <laughs> sort that out by the time you get to Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah, the people yeah. are there, but don't worry about it. We're going to see things mash <laughs> yeah. each other up. Um, whereas your story actually like is interesting. All the diff because I think we've, you've, yeah, you're along thematically. The there's a horror story. There's a slice. But of there's life. like a slice of life. That's what I like about it, man. You're drawing people in with the personality of the characters, but you've also got these monsters. I think that's important. Mm. And I think you have you've kind of joined up. You know the IDW side of things with the more indie comics by having two people on a date you know that are probably uh-huh. not right for each other and it gets interrupted by a massive monster's foot you know oh, it's terrible and that could be that straight happens. out of a fantagraphics book almost you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just a big action set piece which is what we yeah. do <laughs> um so i mean obviously you've been entrenched with stomped um, uh-huh. um all the all this time as well as uh spandex of course but um milagro which I, i'm murdering the pronunciation of that um that came out of left field for me i mean i mean a lot of the i mean your comics a lot of them apart from spandex were a discovery for me i will I will say i mean dan dan has been championing you but i was just yes i sat down and just obliterated all of them in, in, an, in an afternoon yeah and milagro was a real um i mean it's a it's not just a twenty-page comic. This is like a, a little OGN, isn't it? It's like a four, 45, 45 Yeah, it's like page. it's like seventy-page graphic novel, and yeah. it's a complete story. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, forty-five because it spreads. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, why my PDF say forty-five? Um, <laughs> There's a this, lot of double-page spreads. There yeah. is a lot of double-page yeah, yeah. spreads. Uh, lots of I I love an action double-page spread where you see the the action play out, and obviously this is about a lucha, a lucha libre wrestler. But there's a lot more to it than that. It goes into a, sort of a it's an action crime story. There's so much going on with this. So the, the backstories of the characters, they uh, past trauma that they work through as the yeah. this story goes through. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, a kind of a grittiness, but it's all kind of hyper colorful and kind That's of. That's what I liked about it. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. It's yeah, we weird. we talked a lot. Um, so Matt Strackbine, he's the creator of the character Milagro, but um, he he brought on Guillermo to to do the actual writing, right. and who, right. you know he brought a lot to it as well. Um, such a great story, such a great it script. It really well. feels like it's that part of the world. It's we talked about the cliche of like Mexico's always yellow in movies, and we didn't want to do that. We wanted no. it to be you know bright and colorful like like mexico actually is um yeah. you know i don't i don't really have any connection to that country I've, I've visited puerto vallarta one time um so and to be honest i don't know the first thing about wrestling i've never been a wrestling fan <laughs> um so so matt pitched me this idea and it was not at all the type of comic i would ever imagine myself doing which is why I, I thought, you know, I should do this because um, I I was thinking about how how what my take in the material would be, um, and and it's like I, I wanted I it was about the right length. I was looking to try to tackle something around you know forty to sixty pages of a continuous story. Um, I knew I knew Matt well enough that I knew that we would be able to to you know really have a have a good connection in terms of collaborating um he he did all the colors and the lettering i i decided to uh, pencil digitally and then print out blue line and ink traditionally so it's got definitely a rougher look than you know 
most of my stuff that I've put out, um, but that was by design because I knew if I tried to draw the whole thing digitally, I would I would get a block and just rework and rework and rework the same page. Whereas if I inked it, I could just be like, okay, I'm done. Like, right. Good or good or bad, that page is done. I'm not going to re-ink an entire page. Um, I needed to do that because we kind of had a deadline. We we had a you know a kind of we wanted to get everything where we get the Kickstarter funds and then pay all the exp- you know Matt needed to pay me and pay the printer and stuff. We're trying to do all that in the same tax year, basically. So, um, kind of helped me push things along. But yeah, oh no. So I want to talk about since I'm not a wrestling fan, I don't know the first thing about <laughs> you know Lucha Libre um wrestling um Guillermo he he is really into fighting he's really into mixed martial arts and, and wrestling and he the scripts that he sent me there were pages where he just had photos of his wrestling coach doing the different moves um cool. so each like panel one and he it, for him one thing that was really important is he wanted to see a lot of grappling because most fights in comics are people trading punches and kicks yes and he's like i've never i've never seen actual wrestling you know really broken down like the actual wrestling moves so uh he, you know i did my best to translate that uh and he definitely gave me a wealth of of um photo and even some video references to to do um so so the fights in here you could actually recreate those fights like the the moves all work together um there's, a, there's a six doing... page there's there's three double page yeah. spreads of one fight um, yeah and this also there's, a, there's a convention script. panel for you yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're, they're, i mean this this speaks to the the script allowing you because and for a lot of this book as well there's a lot of story going on there's a lot of character but there's also a lot of freedom for you to tell stories through your art as well and th- these six page because normally when it comes to especially like a a grappling fight or like you say a wrestling fight people will just use two pages just to and they'll just fill it with panels but this one is literally every every move by every move and you feel all of it um so was that so that was the reference you were taking was it was that almost you had that strip by strip almost like a like animation so, cells yes yeah like they basically had you know um panel by panel photos of how each move and combination worked but but the photos weren't the the most dynamic angles necessarily so what i ended up doing is i used the magic poser app which is a really basic simple 3d modeling program and i I recreated the fights with the models so that i could move the camera wherever i wanted and try to pick what i thought was the most you know the best the most interesting um version of that that move or that you know, sometimes I'd go in for a facial expression or sometimes I'd pull back. And, um, yeah, that was, that was also the first time I really, um, used a lot of 3d modeling for reference. So a lot of, a lot of learning on this book. Mm. But I mean, I mean, that's also a great example of how to use tools like that. Cause I I mean, Dan, you've used tools like that before as well, isn't it? Yeah. I I really like that one program. This week, like you say, you I've got an idea, this pose here, I'm going to have this guy running and then he pee around it in 3d and go, well, that angle looks great. And I'm going to use that. Mm. It's it's just kind of, you can, uh, we talked briefly about AI before we came out there. Not much, but it's the the tools like that which you can kind of help you push yourself be a bit more creative and, and imaginative is what they they should be used for yeah because the comic yeah. sort of storytelling medium sometimes if you take a photo 
it may be it may be exactly how it's supposed to be but you know when someone's pointing towards a camera and the angle of like their elbow or something just looks wrong when you draw yeah. it yeah yeah it doesn't so tools like that are really good for you to sort of play about and get exactly what you want is that what you found yeah i think i think um photo reference can definitely be an unfortunate crutch for some artists mm. um but you know it's mm. also a way to make deadlines um mm. And same with 3D models, like, I, I feel like I can always tell when someone's playing it too safe. And so that, for me, the important thing is getting the basic structure of the anatomy or whatever down, but then not being beholden to it, not being yes. afraid to, to push and pull the perspective a little bit and let my line art be a little loose and wonky. Um, because I don't I don't want someone to look at it and look make it look like, I don't want it to be obvious someone's, I mean, we, we all know artists who so you look at it and you know, oh, hey, it's Brad Pitt, you know, as, <laughs> yeah. as whatever, super, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you can tell. And and so um, that was one of the things like, like I mentioned Neil Adams giving me a, a portfolio review. He's like, he's like, the artists who get criticized for tracing are because they suck at it. Um, <laughs> if you don't suck at tracing, then it's going to help you go faster and better. Uh, and, and I kind of, I did, you know, I I've always thought about that and, and try to find the right balance there where I'm, uh, you know, n if I was just doing it purely from my imagination freehand, the, the problem is there is I feel like it's, it's easy to just default back to your, you kind of have an internal bank of poses and things yeah, that you're comfortable yeah. with drawing. Mm. And, and that's like, so using, yeah, using these tools helps you mm. push beyond like what, what you would usually, um, just just default to yeah, yeah and plus with like buildings and things like that just having reference just makes it so much easier there's no yeah you know i never understand people who are against reference because otherwise how would we reflect on the world around us if we didn't <laughs> use reference in relation to <laughs> yeah it's fucking madness isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. um there is uh, i mean without spoiling any of the story because obviously you know you've got to see it for yourself people and i think a lot of our listeners will get a kick out of oh totally yeah, yeah very much so there's um there was a sort of connection that that i saw in it in in a sort of like in a comic book readers kind of way is you have the lucha libres who obviously these masked figures are seen that whole realm of wrestlers you know, they they are mythical figures. You know, in in their own way, yeah. they have legends. They have things going around with them. They're they're real life superheroes. Yeah. And as this book goes on, that the main character, um, one of the main characters, um, there's I really got references of Captain America running into battle. <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Exactly with what, what the squad that he goes around with. Um, Oh, Howling, Howling, Howling Commandos. Commandos yeah, yeah. there's a real, and, and I suddenly thought, oh, of course, you know, a, a libre wrestler, you know, a lucha wrestler in that sort of, of course, they're like a larger than life, colourful superhero style figure. It just made total sense. Yeah, that's one thing that attracted me about the script um, is that it's it's when you get to the, like it's it's so obvious, but but not um like on the surface it kind of feels like a kind of an exploitation sort of violent yeah. uh you know kind of the, those type of um grindhouse grindhouse movies. and it could have we, quite we easily of, been that a yeah. lot of stories this would have been a lot darker especially with inks and colors and stuff 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so we kind of, you know, we, we were playing with the expectations of that genre, but um, there is, there is some character stuff that I, I found really interesting um, in particular, like the main, the, the main character Milagro is nonverbal and it's yeah, never mentioned, yeah. it's never mentioned, it's never explained. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned to you guys, I, I work with people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So having a lead character who was nonverbal. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's really interesting. And, and we kind of hint at, um, you know, how he, his father figure um, kind of exploited him and, and is not a, not necessarily like the, the, the greatest person, but, but he also took this kid off the streets and turned him into like the world famous wrestler. So, so there's like two sides to the coin. And I just liked how the whole, the whole story um, without spelling it out for you, kind of shows you that there's there's kind of, you know, the light and dark behind everybody. Mm. Yeah, and then and then and then by the end, yeah, it goes completely off the rails and turns into some crazy, uh, you know, <laughs> Punisher war zone type <laughs> insanity. <laughs> yeah, but in a really satisfying way. Yeah, I think it really, that, it really works out. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely, um, and you don't skimp on. The violence in this one. This is uh, this is also just to just to let you know. This isn't a cartoon, Lucha Libre. There's people literally having their heads smashed in, um, and absolutely. I mean, the pace that made me go, oh, was the one with the garbage truck, um, oh, they, God, yeah. or, or whatever that truck was towards the beginning. Um, yeah. They don't they don't mix well with heads apparently. <laughs> um, That's but, almost like an inciting incident, there, isn't it? That yeah. bit it all kind of springs off the story. Yeah um so you know that must have been quite an experience because what you're doing with spandex if we can sort of segue through to that yes yeah. is also very different as well because this is a sort of action grindhouse you know i mean this milagro is like an awesome film that i've just discovered on prime video that i didn't realize existed and i fucking loved the two hours i spent watching it <laughs> <laughs> and of course the the kaiju was stomped but what made you want to do spandex you know what what led to this sort of webcomic um webtoon had a contest (laughs) (laughs) you know i uh i've i've been you know ever since i was a kid i've been building this roster pantheon or whatever you want to call it of of these weird superheroes um Mm. you know i i do love superheroes but i really don't read a whole lot of superhero comics anymore because it it just seems you know how many how many times can you swap people's powers or you know like Mm. it it's i feel like there's a um there's an in and out i don't know maybe not everyone feels this way but i felt like i was really into marvel kind of during the ultimate and like bendis era of marvel okay and then and then when that came to a close i kind of you know went discovered image comics and indie comics and um you know my interests kind of diverged but you know i don't i don't have anything against superheroes it's it's definitely um it's kind of like you know if you're working in comics in the u.s you're gonna have to engage with the superhero at some point right so i figured you know i started reading invincible and savage dragon and some of the stuff where it was very a creator's singular vision 
Mm. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I, I could do something like that. And so, so I, I somehow, I haven't read very many webtoons. It's not a platform that I was super familiar with, but just something about the, um, the vertical scrolling format and, and like the, the short episodes, it, it was very intriguing to me. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to sit down and draw my definitive take on superheroes in a graphic novel, but maybe I could have this playground on Webtoon where I can just do whatever I want, you know, as, as often or as, you know, stretched out as I want to do it and just play around with all these characters that have been living inside my head since I was a, a kid. And, uh, you know, I, I, my writer brain kicks in and I start thinking about, you know, the type of story that would be interesting. So I, I do have an outline of kind of a main um, uh, kind of romantic dramedy and and that's kind of the center of it. But, you know, I'm giving myself room to just go off on tangents if I have an idea for a random character or something or, um, you know, it's it's like I said, it's it's kind of like a playground for me. And and the the episodic nature of it makes it it's like I'm tricking myself into doing something that if I sat down to try to write out a 120 page graphic novel would never get done. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I love the the kind of cast of characters. They're, the the designs are so varied and different. Uh, like a kind of you get a, like a head slap moment when you in the first. Uh, I don't know. They're not issues, are they? The first part. Come episodes. Yeah, episodes. just come episodes. And you have the three characters, and they're uh, rock, paper, scissor, and they've all got their, their kind of unique power uh, consistent with their name. It's uh, uh, it's great. I just can't wait to see where the relationship between uh, Botfly and Masterpiece I mean, where that goes. That's a perfect example, though. So the rock, paper, scissors was just a throwaway gag. I just needed yeah. some villains, and I'm like, oh, that'd be funny. I don't think I've seen that before. And then in the, the episode that I just published last night uh, is their origin story because I started thinking about how did these characters end up the way they are, and it's actually, I think, one of the um, more more tonally it's a little bit more serious than the episodes preceding it okay yeah. and and it's it's i mean i'm just curious to kind of test test the audience too and see what yeah. people are into and um you just sort of have fun with def- it like, a, like yeah. a bit of a playground muck around like well this yeah. works this doesn't i like doing this i'm going to do this and but i love i love the idea of taking a stupid idea and making people really care about it you know right. uh, yeah. <laughs> I, anyone yeah. who's a you know, knows comics history knows that like Spider-Man was a throwaway idea that that the publisher didn't even want to do, and they just needed something to fill this last issue of Amazing Fantasy, I think. And uh, and now he's, he's one of the biggest characters in the world. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So so Bot Botfly kind of comes from that same vein of thinking of like, what's the dumbest thing <laughs> that someone could could like use as their superhero alias? Okay, he's going to be a, a fly, and then. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those nasty videos yeah, of the botfly larva. Yeah. Um, but so you know, I I I I love a good pun. So he he uses some robotic, you know, he uses some tech, right? He's a tech-based superhero. So um, yeah, I came up with that alias fly. and just and just yeah, and then I doubled down on it. I'm like, okay, Spider-Man can can crawl on walls and shoot webs. What would a what would a fly guy do? And it's like, well, flies can fly around all crazy. Um, maybe his superpower is he can't get dizzy. 
and, and I just I just double double down on these stupid ideas, but but then execute them as if you know as if this character is just as important or, yeah. or just as meaningful yeah. as as one that's existed since the you know the forties and sixties. I need to ask you about one of them because <laughs> I yeah. I literally laughed when I read this panel. Um, um, one of the I think it's they're talking about. Um, they were working with like a small time super criminal uh, and they worked with them and I think they're sort of like a a bug based sort of small time criminal and yeah. said sprays acid out of his butthole now where did that come from <laughs> was that like a curry you'd had or something like that? <laughs> I just thought I had a particularly nasty weekend and I need to put it down on paper yeah. <laughs> I I I love animals. Um, I've always been fascinated by animals. There's actually a bombardier beetle is a real beetle that exists, and it does spray acid out of its ass. Um, so I just I was, I was trying to figure out, you know, the the three characters in that episode. They all have some sort of physical deformity that was caused by some sort of superhero or villain in their past. Uh, yeah, no. So, so again, that's just a throwaway gag. But I, I've already, you know, people are like, he's yeah, already like, got, he's, he's got his own mini series coming out soon. Is that what you say? So we'll, we'll see. I mean, we you never know. Like I, again, these these one one panel cameo characters. I mean, that's part of the fun of doing this. Is yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, now now they're there. Now they're a part of this universe. I mean, it's it, is that a danger in any way though? I mean, obviously, it's wonderful that. You, that all of this inspiration is there, but it's like, oh, that's a great toy to play with. I'm going to play with that toy. Oh, that's great. I'm going to be doing that. But are you still, you know, do you do you think right? Okay, back to the main story, you know, because you don't want yeah, too I've many distractions got... from the from the main arc, do you? Yeah, I've got a, um, I've got like I said, I have an outline that's that's fairly um, mapped out, and I have points in that outline where I could take detours so um, the episode prior to the most recent one ended with a with a question for readers of of whether botfly should become masterpiece's sidekick or, yeah. or go on mm-hmm. his own and and I had I had ideas that would work in both scenarios and I could shuffle the order of, of how I did them based on feedback. So um, most people said that they felt like Botfly should be on his own for a bit. And so I'm, uh, I've got a, you know, like three or four episodes mapping, mapping out, you know, him on his own, um, which, which was a story idea that I already was planning on doing at some point. Um, So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe the way, the way I had my outline worked out, but, um, there's definitely as as random as kind of the first seven episodes so far might have felt. Um, there's 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 divergent um, points, and then but then there's always there's always a path back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's 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 not random in in something that you can't follow because all of this is completely cohesive and part of the world, and that's part of the joy of reading it. I mean, but I mean, this the basic synopsis for the arc. Um, the mystery that you want to see played out it happens in the in the first one when masterpiece turns out up and the narration mm-hmm. is here's my ex-girlfriend well not not yet this was the first time 
you know he's describing the first time they met and i just thought okay where on earth is this gonna go because as the story plays out people are like maybe you shouldn't just back back (laughs) off pal (laughs) because this may not be a good idea you know and i'm thinking where's this gonna you know she's a hero yeah and and, in archetype terms i mean it's like it's like uh um ant-man hooking up with wonder woman it doesn't make sense um and so that's part of the the tension of or maybe keep it in universe blue beetle hooking up with wonder woman right yeah it doesn't make sense within the archetypes of of superhero storytelling and so so immediately there's that tension there of why why would these two people have been a couple she's she's the world's described as the world's most powerful superhero and he's just kind of this like teenage guy who you know built some wings and some gadgets and uh you know does that definitely seems in like like he's in over his head um so yeah i mean and that's that's part of the challenge i set for myself too is like now i have to um convince the readers that their relationship makes sense and then and then i have to blow that relationship up and make them people care about that as well and so i don't hopefully hopefully i can pull it off (laughs) but life's yeah. rich tapestry yeah. Love, friend yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the other thing a couple of things i was wondering about is um because we've not really talked to anyone who's made a massive use of webtoons is yeah. um what's mm. the translation of it because it's a scrolling do they call it an yeah. canvas thing don't they? yeah how do you translate that into a, um, a physical product do you do you try to or do you just not do that so so what i i draw i draw this and procreate on my ipad i have yeah. a a um template set up that's a uh, a long vertical canvas and and i can use because there's some file upload like file size upload limits mm, so i've right. got this this template that i can do like six to seven of this so so i'm i'm drawing it continuously the way that you're reading it um with a few breaking points so that i can chop it up and, and upload it yeah um and I do, I do eventually want to take this to print, but I kind of view the, these are two different mediums and I'm approaching it like two different mediums. So yeah. whatever, whatever spandex and print ends up looking like, I would probably be cutting and pasting panels from the webtoons and using those as, as my, um, you know, something between a thumbnail and pencil layer and then mm. kind of redrawing the entire thing. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. To fit, to fit. To, to to make the most of of you know a comics page, yeah. I'm I'm definitely trying to format and make the most of the webtoons format in my layouts, and some some of that's not going to translate to comics. Hmm. Um, but it's what the it's a very readers specific are, way. Yeah, yeah. we yeah, readers are webtoons. Yeah, the yeah, re- yeah, and webtoon readers know exactly how they're going to because re- this is how they only read their comics. Do you know what I mean this? Well, because Mar- the Marvel app has probably six or seven of these ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. And they've just taken oh, it's about a fucking dolphin or something. I don't know, it's like nonsense. But they've just um, <laughs> they've translated it into a, a comic now. But they've basically taken the character and redrawn a comic. You know, there's, it's not as far as I know, it's not the story that's appeared in the Infinite Comics. Yeah, thing, you know, I've um, Lore Olympus is like the most popular yeah. series yeah. on Webtoon. Yeah. So I've I've read all of that, and I've read the Great first series. volume in in print. And and I've you know even though that's not a superhero or action series, I've I've actually used that more as my template 
um, okay. for how that how that might work um, versus versus looking at other you know superhero comics on webtoons. Yeah, um, I wanted you know I, I I know how a superhero comic works. I yeah. want to know how a webtoons work. So I'm reading the stuff that's popular to the webtoon audience, and I'm my you know my lofty ambitions is that spandex can be kind of a gateway between two worlds because because webtoons and you know mainstream comic books those audiences are two separate audiences for the most part is what i've kind of discovered and um i think i think it's like you know the difference between uh feature films and and tv shows you know there's there's obviously a lot of similarities but it's it's two different modes of watching something yeah 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 and you have to um like you say i think you have to really respect the medium you're you're going for or, or the or the storytelling format yeah so so i think like if you're going to do a webtoons you've really got to play to those rules you can't ex- you can't expect to just do a normal comic page and then think i'm going to cut and paste this and get it to scroll downwards that's <laughs> yeah. not well, you, yeah. you think that a webtoons is is you read downwards don't you and with the comic yeah. you read left to right you know yeah. or yep. right yeah. to left completely different entity. yeah yeah I, yeah it's very I, different i think also more attuned to a mobile phone scrolling experience mm, as well. Yeah, I'm guessing that's why it was designed. Is mm. that the reason? Yeah. I'm guessing it must be a yeah. huge part of it. I'd imagine. Yeah, totally. Um, but for for some of our listeners, perhaps like creators out there, who are thinking about possibly moving into the web comic field and probably think webtoons. Lots of people, you know, what I'm going to try webtoons. What would be your advice if I mean because you've got seven. Is it seven episodes now of it? Yeah. What are some of the things you've learned along the way that creators could bear in mind if they're going to create something for a, a format like this? It's, I mean, it's 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 a platform that already has an audience, but that doesn't mean the audience is going to find your stuff. And yeah. there's definitely there's definitely genres and styles of art that that are popular on webtoon. Um, so. It's. I'm manga still friendly, trying to. Or... What was that? Is it manga friendly? Oh yeah, I mean most. Yeah. The, the most of it is yes, very kind of like um, those kind of fantasy romance, um, magic school, a lot of that type of stuff. Um, that that's saturating that platform. Um, Mm-hmm. And and but there's there's others you know there's things on there I've, I had to do some digging but there's stuff on there that is different um, that's kind of more in that uh, indie comics you know uh, image comics kind of vibe to it um, so yeah I mean there, there there's there's you can you can do more than Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon ripoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's, that's part of the fun of, of kind of, you know, if I did a superhero comic, that's, it's just one more in a, in a vast sea of superhero comics. If I do a superhero, what, uh, webtoon, that's kind of got more of the Western sensibilities to it. Um, that, that's something different and whether people, uh, are interested in that or not on that platform, I mean, that's kind of the, the, what I'm still figuring out yeah in terms in terms of like figuring out the transition between comics on the page versus comics on the vertical scroll it it's more 
um, it's more like me going back to how I would uh, do storyboards for for film school, right? Where where I really am thinking about usually just one image. You're you're usually as you're scrolling going to be looking at one image at a time, and so you can you actually can play with pacing in a way that you can't in a comic by just giving more gutter space between pictures or or dialogue. Um, so so I've tried to I've tried to cram as much as I can because of the file size limits into it. But yeah. if you if you go and look at other webtoons, I mean some of them have more more breathing room, and okay. so eventually eventually I'd like to be able to to uh, get comfortable enough in my storytelling that I don't feel like I'm trying to cram as much as I as I can into each episode. Yeah, yeah. Does um does the release day make much of a difference because well if you go for instance if if listeners go to the, the web browser now i've got i've got a mm-hmm. of me they've got it literally monday tuesday wednesday thursday i'm i'm literally looking at sunday and laura olympus is is right here with uh 62.3 million uh likes oh yeah tell you, it's uh, insane uh, mm. yeah <laughs> um, um so um webtoon canvas which is what anyone can upload to yeah does not give you any sort of metrics Right, to, okay. to track anything, the the only metric I have to see if anyone's reading is if someone hits that heart button or leaves a comment. So, um, yeah, it's it's again, it's really hard to tell. Obviously, um, my you know, if you look at my episodes in the webtoon app, you can see there's diminishing returns in in terms of people liking it. But my my subscriber count has you know continued to gradually increase. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious if, if once I bank, you know, 20 episodes, yeah, does that help with visibility, right? Once you've shown, okay, you know, this is someone who's committed to telling this story. They're not just going to jump off and leave you hanging. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to see my, my plan right now is to be, um, to give this a, a year and yeah. kind of, and kind of assess at the end of the year whether or not it's worth the effort or whether or not i just want to go back to kickstarter you know? yeah right. i think i think it's an interesting sort of metric it's, it's like sort of podcasts or you know any content creators and stuff if they're doing an ongoing medium um like this like this show for instance um there's the initial this is new this is great Never we end. like it we like it let's review it blah 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 but like you say your subscribers are going up so more people are you know are tuned in to sort of pick up the new one but when you have a regular subscriber, is the regular subscriber going to click the like? Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean... I mean, I know, for instance, I subscribe to some YouTube channels. I don't like every video, but whenever it pops up, I'll watch it and then just move on with my day. It's the same sort of thing, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, yeah. We we really should yeah, like more stuff. That's That's the moral <laughs> of the story. <laughs> It is unfortunate that that just the way that the algorithms or whatever mm. the stuff is designed is, um, you know, and I think people people understand it's it's you have you have to engage with it if you if you like it and and I and I fall into that same thing like yeah I watch there's YouTube channels and podcasts I listen to yeah and and I I, I greatly enjoy them but. Yeah, I don't I don't like every single episode or I don't leave a review or whatever and, and that's stuff that I think content creators um you know, you always hear people, you know, 
Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review. Exactly. It, it sounds, it's, it's yeah. part sounds of crazy. Thing. It sounds like the hard yeah. sell, but those things do tie into more people mm-hmm. checking out and stuff. By the way, you can uh, like and subscribe and uh, review this show wherever you, uh, whatever podcast. Listen <laughs> <laughs> um, out later, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, though, Ross, like Spandex is, is such like an easy read. If any of our um, listeners um, haven't tried web webtoons, because like I said, I looked at this page and you might get a little lost with all of the, um, the, the as well as Laura Olympus, all those crazy romantic, um, oh, yeah, free, yeah, yeah. yeah, all the, all the crazy so sort of of high fantasy or final fantasy style, um, romance comics on there. You might think, well, what, what's this? But there's so much more on there. Um, I think spandex yeah. is definitely an, uh, a, a winner. If you, if you want to see what it's like, I think your comic is me- a great one to start. Let me shout out a couple um, that I like. Oh, um, please. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Grizz Grobus by Simon Roy, um, okay. which just had a Kickstarter for the for the hardcover print version. Um, and I think he started that actually on Patreon and then moved it to, to Webtoon, and now, now it's coming to print. Oh, okay. And then um, Harsh Prospect by Will Tempest is really great. Both of those are really great um, hard sci-fi um, just if you're looking for something that would be like counter programming to the majority of what webtoon is, uh, th- those two I've been really enjoying. Nice, nice. Awesome. I'll check them out. And uh, where can people find Spandex before we move on to where they can get your other stuff? But if people want to check out Spandex, uh, where can they find so it? So if you if you you have to you know log into the webtoon. I I mostly use the the app, but there's the desktop version as well. Um, if you just go to the the canvas tab and and just type spandex into the search bar i think it's i mean there's two other things that come up but it it's got my name attached to it yeah yeah okay just look yeah. for ross's name um check it out like it leave, i think leave, i found it just by googling like yeah. uh yeah yeah okay button. yeah and uh, and i'm constantly posting links every time i i up you know upload a new episode on uh, on my social media so i'm on i'm on twitter I'm on Instagram. I have uh, my own website, um, which is just www.rossradkey.com. Um, I'm 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 going to be doing an overhaul on my website soon. Um, I do have a web store where, once I have fulfilled the all the backer rewards for Stomp Issue Four, I'll be um, adding adding print print copies of spandex or sorry stomped um to my web store and um and i've got some original art and things that i sell through there as well and then also digital copies um so awesome where can nice uh, one if people want to check out milagro where can they um where can they get hold of that yeah (laughs) um track down matt strackbine i i I think his uh his handle on Twitter, I think is uh, let me get this right. Is, is it something at, random? At the at the letter hack. Um, oh, that's not so easy to remember. Okay, yeah. Hmm. At the letter hack, he that that name is because he used to, uh, you know, write into the the Hellboy books a lot, and he actually he's actually done some like back matter and stuff for some of the Hellboy comics. Oh, nice. um, so he's he's taken that moniker and um for his other creative stuff he does a lot of um left-wing political cartoons because he's a cartoonist as well okay and um 
So I I do not know if if there are any physical copies left. I do not know if he plans to reprint them anytime soon. Um, but I think if you shot him a DM, you might be able to 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 get a, a PDF. Oh, there you go, listeners. There is, <laughs> there is a call to arms because seriously, that you know, all of these books are ones that you will all love. And uh, yes, there will be links in the show notes, etc. And Ross, thank you very much for joining. Cheers, us. Ross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank thanks, you. Man. Yes, speaking to you, man. We're looking forward to seeing what happens in all your stories and uh, what crazy kaiju you come up with next. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and in the back of uh, Stomp Issue 4, you know, I do have a little blurb about some of the, the plans for where that series goes next. So, oh, that's going to be awesome. More to Look come. forward to it, man. There we go, folks. Another fantastic way for you to go and follow and check out their work. Go to definitely check out Spandex. Yeah, yeah. very nice. nice very nice. And also... Really? Uh, go on. Yeah, I so say you get that Savage Dragon Invincible feel from completely. Spandex yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell, tell you, I tried to get into Spandex in Spain and it wouldn't let me log in. I don't know why. Oh, it, was that when you were going on the beach? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there was still Wi-Fi because it was quite a high, high-class high beach establishment. Uh, it still had Wi-Fi. I, yeah. I, I was talking about your trunks. All right. Anyway, uh, I don't wear trunks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> speedos, speedos are yeah. trunks. No, trunks are like shorts, aren't they? No, Is that shorts right? are shorts. Oh, I always call them trunks, but I mine oh, are like. I tell you what, mine are like shorts. Like if we post this on social media, pocket it, everyone will be talking we're about weeks. Nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I cut the I cut the string bit, you know, the netting out, just because I like it to fly free a bit, you know. <laughs> what do you mean fly free a bit? That's fairly loose anyway. What are you packing down there? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like knobby style with shorts, man. I tell you now. They're down to the knees, these shorts. <laughs> Didn't Alan Partridge come free at the sides? We're the talking line... about Captain Beefheart again, aren't we? The, the, the lion's perished. Yeah. yeah. Vince told us off for being so filthy during the break, so God knows what happened there. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter anyway, does it? Because we're, yeah, we're still it. this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, and speaking of which, it's that time of the show. Do we have any shout-outs this week, Jim? Yes. yes, I've got three. Should I do mine? Yes. Thanks to Pat and Lisa for looking after me on my holiday. Very, very, A very enjoyable time. Spent in many bars and talking a lot and playing table tennis. It was a cracking time. So thanks, guys. It was. Uh, it's lovely to meet Euros and they turn out to be all right in it. Do mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Is Pat yeah. really good at table tennis? <laughs> He's actually really good at it. Yeah. yeah, he loves it. Yeah, and I'm really shit at it. But uh, yeah, it was really good. Just the best holiday. Um, Burn With Me is a 100-page graphic novel about a small-town um, pyromaniac and is currently funding on Kickstarter. It's about halfway at the moment. I'm a fan of this series. It's been on um, on the Steve's Kickstarter, on his um, Patreon, and it's fucking brilliant. So look for Burn With Me. Go and back it. It's a 100-page graphic novel. Really intelligent, thoughtful storytelling. Really good. Uh, and my last one is Steve Laffer's Dog Boy. It's a collection of... The collection is now on Kickstarter with some brilliant oa tiers on it actually i backed it at quite a high tier. Okay. you get a lovely bit of oa with it and if you want to get a bit of oa from a an, you know a, an underground legend steve laffler's your man so go and find out dog boy on kickstarter as well there you go nice damn i've got two shout outs lawless comic con double hey. tree by hilton hotel bristol b51 6nj uh, on the 20 <laughs> yeah, postcodes on this show <laughs> 2023 that's this year uh, it's coming in 74 days, 23 hours if you listen to this on the 13th or the 3rd, 2023. So, uh, yeah, there's absolutely tons of guests at this one. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, that's going to be an absolute corker of an event. Uh, you I've went full a- Viper on that advert, man. I tell you now, that's like a 
between <laughs> like an advert in a Viper episode. <laughs> 2023, uh, that's this year. <laughs> uh, a Kickstarter. Boston oh, Metaphysical Society. Oh, yeah. Mystery at Pike's Peak, issues one and two. Fleeing arrest, the team arrive at Tesla's experimental station to face a dangerous turn in Catelyn's abilities and a murder plot. And that's by uh, the lovely Madeline Holly Rosing, friend of the show. Uh, yeah. Good she, egg, isn't she? Yeah. She uh, has done a, a number of Kickstarters and it all uh, gone to great success. So go check that one out. A smash through its target with ease. So go check that out. There's You can read the Boston Metaphysical Society online. I believe, and she did also did a, a radio play, if memory serves. So that's uh, right. She talked about that when yeah. she was on, didn't she? Yeah, Go yeah. check it out. She was a good. Did you work yeah. with her? Didn't you do something with her? Uh, I think a cover or a pinup or something. Um, I think I did a pinup of one of the characters. You've done so yeah. much, Dan. With yeah. the one of the, the kind of scams, not scam, but when you're uh, an up and coming <laughs> web comic artist and you want to uh, promote your web comic, do fan art of bigger web comics, and then they say, "Look, here's Dan's." web uh, drawing of so-and-so and he does a web comic called vanguard and then you leech off some of their readers and you know that's that's a tip for the top there it's like the dell boy web comics yes vanguard's soaring the heights of not being in the top 100 <laughs> <laughs> it should uh, be should be yeah it's it's kind of a rough gig man web comics i've got to say i found it harder and harder as the years go on yeah. because it's not half the half, only less than half of it is making the fucking thing the rest of it is just the non-stop grind of trying to get it out there i mean if you've got like a kickstarter you just got to be on the game for like two or three weeks however long the campaign's running but with a webcomic is just all the fucking time it's post 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 right 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 but enough of me moaning let's move on <laughs> You got any shout outs? Yes, I do. I have two. Um, first up, yes. there's an upcoming Kickstarter you can uh, no get notified about. This is The Berg, by, uh, written by Sarah Peplow and Fraser Campbell, art by Gavin Mitchell, letters by Colin Bell, and colour assist by JP Jordan. Uh, an ordinary job for a team of London sanitation workers turns into a life or death struggle against an unthinkable horror. Uh, I've been lucky enough to see a little sneak peek of this. Hey. And if you like fucking crazy horror, and uh, maybe, you know, if you like things like The Thing and The Blob, then you definitely want to check this out. Um, also, uh, yeah, so go on Kickstart and get notified about that, or follow Fraser and, and Sarah, etc., and the crew to get notified. Also, Phoenix Comic Fest Digital. You might have seen some word about this on online. The Story Museum and the Phoenix Comic Present... Um, Phoenix Comic Fest digital and exciting programming of online live stream events to accompany the in-person festival um, tickets I think they put out some new tickets I do not know if they've all sold out they're only like it's this Saturday 15th and Sunday 16th of April um, Saturday features Neil Cameron Jess Bradley and Zach Simmons Hearn Sunday Jamie Smart Abby Bulmer and Gary Northfield um, so like I say £5 per person that's for the Comic Fest digital. Go to the Story Museum and find. Is that an online there. one only, or is it that, that that one might be the online one? I'm pretty sure that the physical one is sold out, maybe. But I tell you what, go on the Story Museum anyway and just find out more about it. You know, because I saw that and that looks. I mean, the Phoenix Real. is just doing absolutely fantastic work all the time. Zach's anyway. good egg, isn't he? We had him on yeah. for the manga. We're about yes. a year ago. We had him for yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What well, good yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've had quite a few of the creators from the Phoenix on, or we just know them quite well, and they're they're all lovely people. So uh, hmm. and plus, kids absolutely fucking love that comic. 
Yeah. Although if you're a kid listening to this, I don't know why you are. You're, Turn off. Your yeah, parents are very naughty. They shouldn't have allowed you. And you shouldn't ever say fucking. Anyway. <laughs> they fucking do, right. though. Don't right. like kids. Right. Like, um, <laughs> right. Don't, time to do some Apollina fucking. on the fucking... <laughs> oh, calm the, down. Get on the Tony, conveyor belt. Blood pressure. Mm. Calm down. Think right. of... Think of beautiful, you know, wild wildflowers, Lady, fields, naked ladies, butterflies. Think of naked ladies. Okay, no, because that that your blood pressure goes through the roof. Pressure, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wildflowers and a nice, a nice comic to recommend to the lovely. Oh, I've got two nice ones actually. There two nice go, ones. See? Hello, bear. He, um, yeah. <laughs> Shall I, I go first? <laughs> yeah. Bah, yeah. Bah, bah, bah. I've got the fucking carry on music going through my head. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Right, I apologise, Stephen. I'm about to recommend your comic. It's come after the worst fucking bit of the show so far, but it's probably a high point, and you know. Um, so, first one I'm going to recommend is it was a, a lovely welcome surprise. It's called SCI Superhuman Crime Investigators Homecoming Issues One to Four. I read this on Comic House, which is actually the only place it's available. Created by Stephen Newberg, Newbold, um, uh, a, a, under the imprint of Reading's Best Comic. There you go. You heard it here, Reading. The Reading in the UK. So it's the, the Defenders of Justice were 20 years ago. Um, so what we're going to talk about here is um, older heroes coming back from retirement, which I know is a subject we've talked about a bit. Love we talked it. about Yeah, we talked about that with yeah. um, Mark Miller. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's something that we, I don't know, it just gets us, doesn't it? Like sometimes we love that sort of older hero thing. Um, so there's been a government crackdown on superheroes and vigilantes and a number of fuck-ups along the line, including a, a, a robot army. Has retired everyone. There's a girl called Claire Looper, um, Cooper, who's aka Sensation, and she's moved to the US to try um, and join a team out there, but it didn't go so well. And she's returned to the UK to support another friend of hers who was also a cape, um, who started turning up for photo ops at Comic Cons, um, which is, let's face it, probably what would happen. You know, if Jet's going to do it, then one of their slots going to do it. Mm. Let's face it um, um, but just before she returns to Reading, there's been three murders, including one very high profile hero who everyone thought had retired, and one of his main enemies had been found dead in an alley, um, eviscerated, in fact, um, in a sort of quite a seedy side of town. So as Claire arrives back at the airport, she's doorstepped by an old colleague, an old teammate called Nigel Newington, who who was the person called Zero called Mastermind. In the uh, Defenders of Justice, now Mastermind was the sort of psychic element to the team. Um, and what is done here the narrative uses superhero tropes in order to unravel a later story if that makes sense okay so we yeah. get that image marvel uk kind of idea of a team um uh he now runs the reading aka thames valley police's arm of the sci and he needs her help to investigate these murders um she's not sure whether to or not soon gets involved in the mystery as the narrative travels on and that's done naturally actually it's, it's quite an interesting way they sort of sucker into this investigation, into this mystery. Um, there are also other teammates who are either friendly or antagonistic or um, haven't they haven't seen for a while who are also pulled into the mix, as well as a Russian oligarch, who they go undercover in a mission to infiltrate a gala. So it's got some classic stuff going on, but it's, it is primarily a personal piece. Sure, it's got that image love sure it's got that marvel uk love but it's um solidly written and what it, it does a number of things i sort of things that pop up to me as, as it was going on it's got a really nice slow burn in relation to the way that the story is told so the story is told over four issues it's not one of these books that 
lays out the whole plot in issue one and they sort of chase the strands to issue four which seems to be something that goes on a lot these days this one develops in a really really well done way and you can tell it's been thought out per issue um there's a um oh there's a shout out to us in issue two it's very kind of Stephen. he actually mentions um that he listens to us which is Cheers, kind of, hey. yeah thanks man um and there's these little realistic things like i said about the superheroes appearing at reading comic-con um and this element of you know the same way that we get people who appear on quiz shows or people who appeared on doctor who or people who appeared in relative reality tv or like we just mentioned jet from gladiators appearing this is what they would do so she's appearing as a comic-con but people are dressed up as her rogues gallery and they're turning up for a photo op so it's got almost like a twist on the cosplay thing and cosplayers turn up in a number of annoying helpful getting in the way kind of you'll see it's a I don't want to spoil it, but it's a theme, very interesting theme. Um, I can't really give any way of that apart from that, except that I've always believed that cosplayers are evil, and I think you know. Um, <laughs> there, there's a uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this as well um, throughout it, which which are really fun to read and to to watch out for. Oliver and Felicity, for anyone who watched the Arrow TV series, turn up in issue four, um, and he does lay down story threads for following series what you also get you get some back matter that is like fake trading cards which were kind of the the fodder of the early okay. 90s, weren't they yeah you know so you get little trading cards um the arts solid um i first saw steven's work by following him on instagram i think i can't remember how that happened because i've got a closed account so we must have mutually followed each other at some point and um he posts a lot of the sort of in in progress kind of art on there but he also obviously ticked my interest by posting some fem force and ac captain paragon comics recently so i thought he's a guy knows what he's talking about a fan of the same sort of comics as mine um yeah really good there's there's albeit a slight um lean on to um there's a couple of characters i think i think i know where he gets that character from yeah leaning a little bit on reference but it's not intrusive in any way and there's a lot worse out there than that um but yeah it's really good he's um he's been buying as i say he's also been buying some savage dragon you can see the effect of that some nice it's not all action uh, i think you'd like it dan but it's almost like the other side of the coin from you i so think playing, i had read you know, this like a couple right. of years ago on on the app yeah i struggled to recall it now but yeah. i enjoyed it at the time yeah i think it's good i think it's it's just i was away on holiday i had an ipad and you know, there's only so many comics you can get in a suitcase in there. So I was relying on what I had on there. And I thought, oh, I haven't read this. I'm going to read this. This dude seems like he's up my street. And um, yeah, it's a very pleasant surprise. And I reached out to him and he's listening. And he seems like a, a jolly good oh, egg. fantastic. But this, the, the only way you're going to get this is by either contacting um, Stephen on Instagram or you have to be a member of Comic House. There you go. There's a second advert for Comic House, Pete, for this one. So go and get it. It's called SCI Superhuman Crime Investigations Homecoming. Issues 1 to 4 is the first series um, he's just started the second series, um, which is worth looking at. You can find um, the Instagram is S N E N E W B O L D. It's S Newbold seven zero F N six. There you go. What that means, but S Newbold seven zero F N six is the Instagram. You'll find that there, and you can find it there. But yeah, go to you can go and have a look at. It. I think you can preview pages on Comic House, can't you? Or you can join for free and have a look too if you like. I'm it. sure there'll be yeah preview stuff online you can find definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's my first one, guys. There you go. Nice. nice. Dan. 
Yeah, I was kind of ranting a bit before the show. I kind of I brought a couple of titles online. People say I've got my comic out, like either Twitter or Facebook or some social media thing. I thought I'd give them like five bucks, get the comic. And I've yeah. got two and they were just dreck, man. I just can't. It's it's really hard. Like I'm gonna have to start going to the community. I had the same experience more. this week, man. Yeah, I came home yeah. to two thinking, Oh, these are gonna be great to recommend and they weren't. Yeah. yeah. It's just like real they're not bad, but they're so bland and just nothing i just yeah uh, i don't know i'd rather someone try and take a shot and fail than just kind of play absolutely safe like i saw some guy got like his, his comic printed it was absolutely lovely but basically like have you ever imagined what spider-man would be like if there were he was a woman and he shot webs out of their fi- the fingertips and i was like no <laughs> I, I don't know anyone would want to read that story because it's been fucking done to death. Why it's, not do... it's just Spider-Man, isn't it? Yeah. No, we're not Why really just... worried whether it's a boy or girl these days. Yeah. We? You know, it's just Spider-Man. It's yeah, more yeah, interested yeah. in the stories you're going to tell as opposed to... I, I don't want you rehashing fucking stories from that have been done to death. And uh, like someone was saying, oh, uh, Superman comes up for... Uh, out of public, it goes to public domain in like 10 years' time. And it's like, I'm not really too jazzed about that because... There's been so much done with that character. What what is Joe Bloggs going to do? Is that true? It? Yeah, it's oh, like right. I didn't know that. Well, ten fifteen years, then Batman's like a year or so after. Right. Uh, they might chickery pokery that around. You know what it's like. Yeah. But uh, I don't like know how recently, that works. we had like De- uh, Winnie the Pooh, Demon Hunter, and it's like I don't need to see that. I don't. don't I'm not interested in. The, I think uh, isn't the lady in that in on the Horror Hideout podcast this week. Think so. Oh yeah. right, okay. Could well be. Uh, mm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I went back. I got given this. I, I put this on the old wish list for Christmas, and uh, it's one of my go-to's. Is uh, the Captain America uh, epic collection, and it's uh, from the run which I was absolutely fucking loving. Which was it, this one include, incorporates the the Bloodstone Hunt, which is essentially like. Captain America goes on an Indiana Jones adventure with uh, Diamondback as his sort of sidekick, uh, which is yeah. Diamondback. Pete, Pete Captain America for some of us, isn't it? We, we, we yeah. enjoyed that one. Yeah. yeah. God, I was loving it. But how would you... Diamondback basically wanted was like a, a member of the Serpent Society. She's a bit of like a, a, a trashy girl. Uh, and she basically wanted to sleep with Cap. And yeah. That's the, the it's her, her, enough. I yeah, think. it's kind of you a know. character output. Doesn't have Obviously, to be noble, does it? No, Car- Cap being the goody two shoes kind of doesn't really realise when uh, a woman's coming onto in any fashion whatsoever, and he he's absolutely straight for this entire kind of most of this run, almost painfully straight. And all the characters around him are kind of a lot more kind of nuanced and got their their foibles, whereas he's just like, no, yes, yeah, okay. Uh, it, it's a good little story. It goes mm-hmm. on from that and. It's the first introduction of uh, Crossbones, which is one of my all-time favorite villains. Yeah, because uh, Greenwood was like the Red Skull needs muscle, and he came up with Crossbones. He's in some ways <clears throat> not the anti-cap, but he's an absolute fucking bruiser. Uh, I quite like reading about him still. Yeah, yeah ruffian from the streets. He's just yeah. great, yeah. and the fact he's kind of like squared it away that he's going to work with uh, the Red Skull, who's like a n- a Nazi. I don't know if they bring that up in the comics much anymore, but uh, such a great character. I loved him. They, they kind of did an origin for him, which tied into Diamondback. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this. It'd have been right. better to do like a Wolverine style, like 
you, it's yeah. so much more interesting if he doesn't ever take the mask off and you don't know where he's from. He's just an absolute fucking unit that just works for the skull. And yeah, yeah he has got a background, but you, it's way more interesting if you don't want it is. So, uh, yeah, there's another one of the Captain America Central collection, Epic Collections that I'm going to be... They're not cheap, are they, those collections? Are they? No, they're not. <clears throat> there's a, it's unfortunate that some of the runs where, like, something massive happened, that particular one is fucking ridiculously expensive. There's one with uh, the, the cover where he's Captain America's holding up the shield and Wolverine's slashing down at it, and it's got yeah, all the sparks going. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot, that one. And there's a couple of others that are really hard to get hold of. But you know, for the price of that, you can go to the app for like six months, man. Yeah, maybe I should do that. It's just that yeah. I want to have it and yeah. own it. Uh, it's like, why are they being funny about these? They should be printing these out a fucking dime a dozen so anyone can get them. Yeah. It shouldn't be that limited, surely. You would think so. so that's just another you know. fucking complaint I've got about these people. So, fuck you, uh, the drive through, they fuck you, the counter. Yeah, getting fucked all the time. Yeah, but enough about, enough about that. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Vince is getting fucked. What are you getting fucked on, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like this episode I am. Um, Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. This week. Um. I. I will echo. Um. What the gentleman just said just then. Um. I read. A, I read a few comics this week. Um. And it's the recommendations section for a reason. And. Uh, I the the ones I can wholeheartedly recommend are the comics of the guest that I, that I yeah, read yeah, this week. Mm. I, they're the ones I found so much enjoyment from them. Mm. So check out yeah. Ross's, Ross's work because I love those comics. So the first stomps will get you addicted because it's yeah. it's a lovely fresh start yeah. on that sort of that sort of area of comics yeah. and yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah. And it's, I'm yeah. finding the recommends bit the hardest bit of the show. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm not going to shout out any titles. That I thought. Mm, they won't be good but and part of the reason is that i said it to the, the guys before we started recording that i didn't even finish them because sometimes and I, I i don't know how many of you people out there have the same sort of thing there's an indie comic and certainly it might be an indie comic that a lot of people are talking about or raving about and you're like okay right let, you know let's check this out and it's so dense at the start especially when they're when a lot of these comics are designed to to be like tv shows you know mm. they, they aren't the you know they aren't about giant monsters they aren't about superheroes they aren't about like monsters and all this kind of stuff you know maybe it's a crime book or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then that you know maybe it's a crime book or maybe it's a crime that turns into a supernatural book or maybe there's something like that or or a western book i love western books and but i've tried to i've tried quite a few um and they're just there's nothing really grabbing me there's just a sort of like oh god i love it when i read a comic and i'm and i've as i've said on this show and i've said to the guys yeah i read that like nemesis last week's recommendation nemesis was like read issue one right okay issue two click yeah, by through that yeah, yeah <clears throat> click by onto the next do you know what i mean i love that when it's like i read that in no time did i even read it <laughs> it happened so quickly sometimes when you start something comics after all are a medium in the way that um, music is a medium, movies are a medium. You, you know, how many times have you watched a movie and you just thought, oh, I can't be bothered with this now. <laughs> and especially in the in the days of streaming, there's less there's less of a chance to finish it. You sat in the cinema back in the day. You sat in the cinema and you you think halfway through, 
Well, I've paid my money. I've got, I've got, to, I've got, to, got to see it, see it through to the end. Yeah. Now, because the stream is like fifteen minutes in, no, I can't be bothered. I'm just, <laughs> I'm gonna watch. You know, and I, I think I've already picked out a couple of books from my shelf that I'm just gonna go back to reread. Like, an, um, I've had an old Excalibur edition out. You know, the the Alan Davis stuff that I want to read through and again and stuff like that. Because just there's just. I'm looking for that fix. We are all looking for that fix. Yeah. But want to read comics. I yeah, really, really yeah. just want more comics. Yeah. So Get involved in it. That's what I'm doing yeah. in my head. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that I had a bad. I had a bad. We we've all had them. We've all had a bad week of comics reading. Um, but I will just echo again. Read Ross Radke's work because it's it's great stuff. So that that's mine. Uh, Tony, do you want to take us home? Yeah. So my final one, very quick. Uh, it's called "It May Never Happen" by. Woodcock, um, published by the new venture called Dark and Golden Books, which I think is run by Douglas Noble and Tom Olden. Tom, you'll know from Gosh. Um, it's a series of one and two panel gag strips collected in a small landscape black and white book. Um, it's, how much is it? Four pounds. A little expensive, I'm going to say, but okay. uh, it's sort of archived material, really. It's um, Woodcock was a cartoonist from the early 1970s onwards. He sadly passed away, and he passed away in 2007 at the age of 65. His work appeared in Private Eye, The Spectator, and probably where we saw it, Naive and Fiesta. Um, but it also appeared in Punch and a, a number of other magazines. Were you a big subscriber to Naive back in the day, Dan? Uh, no, I can't remember. More as a razzle man. Yeah, I good. Yeah, <laughs> class. yeah. Read his wife. Came out once a year. Um, he's not somebody I was previously aware of, to be completely honest, but I really did dig his sort of sharp... Um, sort of punky surrealism thing he's got going on in it. Um, he's known for his, if you look him up, he's known for his captionless commentaries um, that often move between a banal setting to something much stranger and often more surprising. Um, so here's just a little, a little taste of what you got in it. So cartoon one of the book is a man watching a, watching a, a television in a sort of suburban living room in his living chair, you know, his living room chair with his lamp and a picture of the queen on the wall. And what he's watching on television is a, a big picture of a bum and the bum squirts poo in his face. So um, we've all been there. So not maybe literally, but figuratively. Uh, have we, Tony? Have we, Tony? Is this something you yeah, yeah, well, we've all seen X Factor, mate. Um, and there's another one with a man who's following a seemingly sexy lady with luscious long hair um, down to um, down to her shoulders. And she turns around and she's actually got the face of a lion. You know, um, there's a bit of that going on. Um, it's, it's sort of pacey. It's quite a quick read. It's just fun it's a cool little zany sized thing you can have i kind of dug it it was all right it's good fun i'm glad i got it actually I'm, i got to learn a little bit about this creator about this cartoonist um long after his death but if you go to twitter you can go to dark underscore and underscore golden and that will take you to um, links and if you go to darkandgolden.bigcartel.com you can get this and they've got another other products i think this is the book is book two in their line. They've got about four books out at the moment. So they're all interesting stuff. You know, it's all nice. Yeah, yeah. just collections of stuff, which is so this was originally published in Brain Damage one, two, and four, and the Damage a um, Annual in 1990 as well. So it's a bit of comics history along with that as well. So it's called It May Never Happen by Woodcock from Dark and Golden Books. There you go. Nice. Nice one. So another list of comics for you all to check out. Um, so go forth and uh, check them out folks and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode um, 
we had a lot of fun just absolutely just ranting about it. So it's the, it's the end of a Sunday and everyone's a little bit tired and a little bit maybe there's jet lag, <laughs> maybe maybe uh, maybe there's not enough coffee, maybe there's too much coffee. It's only an hour ahead. You don't really get jet lag from no, that no, here, no. I don't think. Well, yeah. I I will use any excuse to have a nap. As will Dan. <laughs> yeah, Dan loves a nap in the day. Yeah, I've been Dan. talking about the, uh, the the falling asleep in the afternoon on set A. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's great at the time. Yeah, it's great at the time. But the next day, like your body's like, let's have some of that again. You're like, well, I'm driving now. So... <laughs> God. So imagine you pulling over in yeah. a lay-by and having a sleep yeah. you know the police turning up going what are you doing this lay-by oh, sleeping yeah, yeah. Um, i always wind people up uh, yeah, that, unlike me winding people up but saying like <laughs> if you bring a little pillow and like lay it on the wind the, the window behind the idea and like just keep one eye open as you're driving and then just check, <laughs> check for people's reactions like, what <laughs> jesus, jesus christ, christ. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone. Yeah, uh, d- don't do as we do. Um, yeah. But what you should do is uh, read loads of comics. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and everything we talked about. If there's anything you want us to talk about in an upcoming episode, or perhaps there's any events or comics. Or a guest. Or a guest. Yeah. We've actually about... booked a guest while we've been talking. Yeah. We've, um, we've, cool we've, we've do talked this. about webtoons this week. Are, are there any other comic mediums perhaps that we don't know about um you know any other comic services that you want to hear more about because literally some of our most informative conversations come from the fact that we know nothing about it so we're just mm. asking people what is this um that's maybe I'll tell not, you what, not in that ross time. mentioned before we start recording about air i've obviously been keeping my uh eye on it through the various sort of uh forums and subreddits i'm on it even that since we last spoke that's changed a lot it's like moved forward even more mm. like that whole thing about the hands used to be an issue but they, they're kind of getting over that mm. so it's like fucking hell it's really moving uh dan Nuts. butcher is now 75 percent ai yeah I so wish. there you go uh, I mean, you he's wish. a sex robot we've always known that yeah don't sex don't robots what <laughs> <laughs> um if there's anything you want to get in touch with us about perhaps just, just to ask dan if, trying to get out there if dan, if dan's okay dan and tony are okay then please get in touch with us you can email us awesome right, okay. at gmail.com follow us on social media at the awesome pod uh we're on uh other social media as well there's facebook there's the awesome comments talk group join the slack group loads of great channels and commu- mm. and a wonderful community of people out there just sharing ideas and comics and just talking yeah. about comics and wonderful place so definitely get in touch with us to uh, get involved in that um, if you listen to us on the website thank you very much at awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on Apple and we said about it but it really does it's not I mean we always joke oh it's quite nice but sometimes it does help the algorithm algorithms and stuff yeah like that. so yeah. Do, weirdly this month we've gone up by about another quarter in listeners yeah we? oh so, wow and thank yeah. you very much Sorry to anyone that. anyone that has started listening to us <laughs> i can honestly say that we're consistent terribly sorry the, yeah. the con- we're a consistent show because we've never been any good so yep. don't yeah. don't worry we'll we'll keep giving you the same mediocrity you've come to expect over 400 episodes <laughs> always like people every like week think oh fuck me my life's a bit shit and it's like we're listening to this he goes ah could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah, could be, could be <laughs> one of those wankers. Yep, yep. And if you listen to it, yeah, so subscribe. Leave a nice review. Um, helps get the word out. About it's the kind show, of a bit dark this week, isn't it? And uh, yeah. if you listen to us on any other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what other networks are we on, Tony? You're also on the Pod Network. Your asshole. 
Is that what you wanted to hear, Cindy? <laughs> I get that reference. Yeah. Thank you. I'll just say this. You don't Captain want to be America on GIF. You don't want to be on our WhatsApp group. <laughs> um <laughs> Cindy. That was that for acting. That was a bit Thank of acting, you. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, was, you, that was lovely, you, Tony. That WhatsApp yeah. group, you think I'll take a break from this and then read about the song. Watch <laughs> <laughs> some snuff videos. <laughs> To cleanse the palate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All I've got to do is, I don't know, go to the gym or go to the shops for like half an hour and I come back and I look at my phone and just the endless amounts of fucking nonsense or filth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. We're very, we're very responsible. I'll post that beings. workout schedule what I found. <laughs> <laughs> right. Please, why, he took a break yeah. midway. Why yeah. these two yeah. mental cases? Uh, uh, can I give a quick shout out Vanguard issue 21 is updating I forgot to mention that but go on. check that out you just uh, jumped the gun down where sorry. can people find us online etc Tony neverindanything.com yes for all your comics yeah. needs yeah. Dan Butcher comic needs uh, I'm on Twitter at Vanguard comic and you can read Vanguard at vanguardcomic.com which is currently updating issue 21 read that now it's going to be good <laughs> so <laughs> Find me on social media at Justin Diablo. I'm gonna fucking pull the plug on this episode because it's, it's just it's gone it's now. Silly. There's Quite no help dark. for this. I'm calling uh, it in flat. It's flat nining. So thank you, you very much for listening, everyone. We hope whoever you are in the world, in all seriousness, have a great week. Um, read loads of comics. Make loads of comics. We love you very much. I'm not even gonna give them a chance to say because we we no, do. We honest, if you're listening to this show, it means you like comics. So thank you very much. We love and, comics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wear it with pride. And uh, while you're doing that, what else should they do, guys? Stay, Stay awesome. awesome. <laughs> Almost. Did, did, anyone, did anyone notice that I just woke them both up? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, then. Bye. Bye.